ho, ho! Welcome to a very merry and very gay gay for play. Uh, I am Eric Solis. <laughs> and I'm Lawrence Turner Cordova. <laughs> How was that? That was very festive. Thank um, you. It was a very fitting uh, intro for this wonderful Christmas Eve, which we are here on. recording on Christmas Eve right now. Yes, of course. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're I, live. <laughs> we are we're sitting. Uh, we are sitting, you. roasting our chestnuts around the open fire. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say, Lawrence, it is not just you and me here for our little special holiday hello. We also have a guest um, with us. We have uh, Grant Lukey. Do you want to say hi? Hello, everybody. I, it's it's me. I'm I'm the one. I'm I'm Grant Lukey. Mm, uh, this is our. Uh, we got a rent boy for Christmas, Lawrence. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait. What did you What did you say? You got <laughs> Don't a worry what? about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Wait. What did I What did I agree to? What did, I I thought. Never mind. All right. You keep talking. I just want to say, Eric. It's very. Um, I think very big of us, very charitable of us, in the very giving Christmas spirit to have our very first guest of the pod be. Um, He's straight. So oh congratulations, my Grant. <laughs> Allies. Thank you. I am honored. Allies yeah. on the podcast. Truly, uh, truly, we are the allies here having you with us. Honestly, Grant, you should be thanking us for letting you. I am. Thank you. I thank you for, for having me. This is this yes. is fun. And I'm 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 really happy to be be talking to you too. Yeah, we're so excited to have you here. Um we will explain why you're here in a minute. But uh first of all, how's everyone doing? How's the holidays going for everybody? Um it's uh, I've been watching lots of Christmas movies. That's really kind of what I do every year. I just try try and like consume as much Christmas media, especially since there's not as much you know outside Christmassy activity stuff. Uh, I don't know. What do you do, Grant? How's your what are your Christmassy feelings? You know, this is a very different Christmas for me personally, just because of the context of the world. So things are happening very differently for me this year. But I'm finding that despite there being a lot of differences, I'm finding a lot of new ways to enjoy the holidays with with friends in ways that I haven't done before. So there's a lot of things I'm missing out on, but a lot of things I'm looking forward to that will be new and be special and unique. So I'm, 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 I'm having a very, you know, sort of like out of body, but uh, unique and special experience this particular holiday season. Um, speaking of uh, this little Christmas special that we're giving to you, um, it is not a full regular episode of Gay for Play. Um, so basically what's happening is Eric and I are gearing up for our uh, Game of the Year discussion, which is going to be coming out uh, on Chris- not Christmas, on New Year's Eve uh, mm-hmm. next week. Uh, but before that, uh, and in the meantime, we wanted to do like a little bit of a something special for y'all. Um, so we got Grant, or Eric, I, I don't know if you want to introduce this because it was your idea, but we got a little... Christmas idea we have a little surprise. Yes. Yeah, so Grant, um, you are here. Uh, we are friends. We we went to school together. We go back um, quite a ways. Um, we also currently live in s- sort of the same neighborhood of Los Angeles. We are yeah. good friends. Um, but you also uh, recently have um, started a sort of side hustle. Uh, I have a little fun business. Do you want to talk about um, the kind of the kind of work that you've been doing lately? Yeah, definitely. So uh, you know, I play a lot of video games in my my free time, but I also really enjoy playing uh, other types of games in person. Like, I, I play a lot of board games. I play a lot of tabletop role-playing games, specifically Dungeons & Dragons. Um, and I also have a lot of really niche sort of, like, mechanical interests and hobbies. My dad's an engineer. To just forego the long-winded explanation of this, uh, I over the last couple of years, I've got a 3D printer, and I've gotten really good at uh, figuring out how to use it and print things that look really nice. Um, and I've also played a ton of Dungeons and Dragons and sort of marrying those two interests together. I have sort of uh, 
created a little uh, Etsy storefront where I 3D print uh, miniatures that you can use to play in game. And then I, I paint them and I sell them to people and I try to not charge a whole lot of money. And I'm trying to just, you know, have a have a good fun time with it. Um, and, you know, the emphasis is that uh, I can print a wide variety of models anything. and creatures literally and stuff. anything i think I, it's crazy how like you're literally limitless in what you can print i feel like yeah yeah and the nice thing is there's so many creators in the in the in this the the internet in the the, the ether this the world that put out so many models that you know the 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 resources that i can pull from are are immense and then not only that the ability to paint things however I want or however a customer wants, you know, provides a really cool and unique opportunity to get some really specialized pieces for, you know, reasonable costs that really personalize your game. Uh, just because for me personally, when I've played Dungeons and Dragons games, having like that, the right figurine to perfectly represent something in game that either, you know, the dungeon master or the players themselves put a lot of effort into creating, you know, it, it makes that even more special and fun. Yeah, you start to identify with it. Yeah. Yeah, it brings the world to life. I'm playing a D&D campaign with some friends right now, and uh, my DM just, like, uh, got some minis from us. Uh, mm-hmm. Not from you, because I just met you. <laughs> but, Hello. But, uh, we, but commissions uh, are open. Uh, they are. We got some minis, and, like, it really, like, brought my little bard, like, to life. Like, it's it's crazy how you can have an idea of who this person is in your head, but just, like, having a something visual to look at just can, like, add so much life to it and add so much to the game. I love it. Yeah, yeah, and I what agree. I what I like about what you've been doing is, and as we're going to talk about in just a minute here, is that it's not just D and D figurines. I mean, you you can really do anything. If someone just says, "Hey, I want a figurine of this character," right? Um, just because I think it'd be cool to have this as a collectible, and they don't make an official one, um, right? It could come to you. And uh, did you say it's called um, Grant's Workshop, right? The, it's called a Grant's Tabletop Workshop. Uh, you can mm-hmm. find me on Etsy and Instagram under that that name. On Instagram, it's just at Grant's Tabletop Workshop, and then on Etsy, the name of my store is Grant's Tabletop Workshop. Yes. Uh, Etsy.com slash shop slash Grant's Tabletop. There uh, it is. There it is, everybody. You've got the whole link. Um, yeah. The 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 amount of things that I can create is is really limitless, and I personally enjoy the most problem solving when people give me you know strange and odd requests for things that aren't necessarily like the most vanilla D and D monsters. You know, when they have a really unique, cool idea of something they want, I I find joy in making that work for them and giving them something really special and unique. Not limited to Dungeons and Dragons. Of course, I just list the Dungeons and Dragons stuff on my website because if I tried to list everything and every model and every interesting character, I would have uh, millions of dollars in listing fees on Etsy <laughs> and a headache. Yeah, and, but uh, uh, all that to say, it's not just what's on your Etsy page yep, for sale. I mean, people can come to you and say, hey, I have this idea or hey, I even have this file. If I send you this file, can you print this figurine and paint it for me? And exactly, exactly. And I, that, that actually... Uh, recently has been the majority of of my business um however it is nice to just sort of specifically focus and curate a collection that you could put up on etsy or whatever just for the sake of convenience so people have a thing to look at for reference just to know what it is that i'm capable of um and then you know come to me with more specific requests after that yeah i love your little you're making little ornaments right now even i do i have one in front of me i have sold so many of these (gasps) i i call them so, what do I call them, or what would I call, uh, legally? This is an uh, this is an Eye Beast Dungeons and Dragons ornament. Uh, this is a Beholder um, for the 
Wizards of the Coast lawyers out there, I didn't just say <laughs> that. Uh, and this is not a beholder, but uh, it's a beholder. It's a little baby beholder. Um, and this is a model um, that I kind of made. A lot of these these models are made by a uh, a community artist that a lot of hobbyists with 3D printers that also enjoy Dungeons & Dragons know very well. His name is Miguel Zavala, and he full-time, uh, for free, models an insane amount of Dungeons and Dragons monsters. And he's going through, he's doing all the books, he's mm. doing all the modules, he has a massive request board, and he has a Patreon. Um, and, you know, you can support him if you want. But at the end of the day, everything he releases is free, so you don't have to buy any of his models. And if any of his models are are not infringing on the Wizards of the Coast copyright and stuff, he gives you full permission to sell them and modify them as Whoa. you wish, oh, which wow. is really cool. cool. So uh, a lot of what I do is is made possible because of all the work he does. Um, but like, for instance, he made the model of this little um, beholder here. And then I thought... Which, uh, let's I, describe I, to the listeners, is um, a little guy with one eye who has mm-hmm. lots of arms, which I believe have lots of other eyes, eyes at the end of them. In, yes. In the, in the tentacle um, arms, yes. And he has a cute little Santa hat on him to make him less uh, threatening. <laughs> yeah, and he's a little Christmas ornament. You can hang him right on your tree. I have like a very... Uh, uh, w- the word I would use is like practical skill set in with 3d modeling i wouldn't say that i'm a, an artist when it comes to 3d modeling but i know how to do basic shapes and i know how to put objects together so i was able to find a, a model of a santa hat and the model of this um this cute little dungeon dragons monster and i combined them and i added a little Fused ring them. so that you can like a, some a horrible frankenstein creation you know that's exactly what it was is i was like i had these two objects and i mashed them together and then i hit print and then it, it looked it looked pretty nice, and I put it up for sale, and other people have really liked it, and I've sold uh, I've sold a ton of them. Awesome. Okay, speaking of splicing together two um, unrelated things into a <laughs> beautiful 3D object, um, so the reason we're having you here is because... Uh, yeah, not, so much, no, not just because you're good at your stuff. You're very talented, Graham, but we do have a practical reason for why. We did want to talk to you specifically oh, good, I'm on excited. this little special holiday episode that we're giving to our listeners. Which is that you've... Uh, so graciously agreed to uh, give away three of your figurines uh, to our dear listeners. We're going to be having a little giveaway contest. Uh, so, yeah, um, three of Grant's figurines can be going home to you, dear listener. The first one I am so excited about. Um, it is a little uh, figurine of Isabel. Uh, show it up to the camera. Show it up Animal to the camera Crossing. so we can describe it. Yeah. I like how you keep saying show it to the camera as if well, so, so I can have the reference so yeah. I can remember okay, what we're so looking we as the at. I'm like, do I need to fix my it. hair and get a better, is this a video <laughs> podcast? Was I, no, I don't worry. Unprepared? No one's going to see this. I would I would have prepared differently. Um, but it is a little figurine of Isabel from Animal Crossing New Horizons uh, mashed onto the body of the Doom guy from Doom. <laughs> yeah, tw- two of 2020's hottest hits, um, Animal yeah. Crossing New Horizons and Doom Eternal, which did come out on the same day, actually. They did. They came out on the same day. And, you know, I, it sounds like you're having your discussion on uh game of the year and stuff uh on your next episode i'm super excited i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to that for sure um but, you know for me personally my game of the year would have been tied right down the middle between animal crossing and doom eternal for both oh, wow. different reasons i feel like they both provided really cool unique opportunities to the gaming world and uh they kind of set their own records in their own perspective markets mm-hmm. and also it's really funny that they both came out on the same day and they're, on the same exact day they're, yeah they're polar opposites in terms of tone um, but yes, this is one of the uh, the Doom Guy figurines. Uh, usually, this looks a hundred percent like the Doom Guy with the helmet on and everything. And they they scatter them all throughout the levels in the Doom games, and you find them as little secrets, as little toys in the game. Um, but somebody went ahead and put Isabel's head on it because yeah. well, 
Why not? Yeah, you, you said mashing mashing the two games together of Doom and Animal Crossing New Horizons, but I'll say we never see the Doom guy with his hat off. We don't know that the Doom guy's not Isabel, Is, yeah, actually. The Doom guy in all could reality. Be Isabel. <laughs> Underneath that helmet. You um, know, I hate to say it, but in Doom Eternal, you do see him without his helmet on quite a bit. Uh, oh, man. Doom it. I hate I to say it, but. The fantasy's been ruined. But, and, <laughs> yeah, but not to say his head is very large. It mm-hmm. could be another helmet. And under that <laughs> could human, be the hyper-realistic human mask, there could be a, a Animal Crossing character underneath. You, you never, know. never know. Uh, uh, so uh, this is a little, like three three to four inches. How, how high would you say this is? Uh, I'd say it's like four and a half inches tall. Yeah. I'd say it's to scale relative to what this this mm. object is like in the game. Not, that it's yeah, done. we should say not to not scale, to scale of the to, real Doom to, guy. Right, no. right. No, this, um, is, this, is, this is to scale of like the little toys you'd find in game. Cool. Um, um, and uh, so uh, along with this uh, Isabel Doom guy, you also have two others that we're going to be giving away. Yeah, two right? little uh, uh, also from a game uh, didn't come out this year, but made incredible splashes in the gaming world this year. Is I have two little of the, the ghost uh, people from Among Us. Um, yeah. And, you know, they, they come apart and uh, there's a little like bone inside. So they look like they do when you get killed in that game. I, I figured, you know, between animal crossing doom and among us though, those are, those are nice things that I can print and paint, but they also represent, uh, you know, the big waves in, in video games this For year. Sure. Yeah. I think those are, and, and, the, and you were the one that came to me with these ideas. I mean, I came to you and said, Hey Grant, I would love it if you made some stuff right. for the podcast. Um, and, but you came to me with Among Us and Isabel Doomguy, and I had no right. qualms whatsoever. Right. I immediately went, oh, my God, I can't believe I have a friend who knows how to make this. <laughs> well, just like I said, I really enjoy, you know, that, that problem-solving step of somebody being like, hey, I, I need a monster that, you know, flies around but can shoot lasers, and I have no idea what I'm looking for. Can you help me out? And I love I love figuring that right. out. And, and Problem-solver. Yeah, and I'll say that um, I've uh, I've been over to your house before and seen your 3D printer, and what I love about seeing it is, like, the little bits of unpainted plastic or like the stuff that you've just sort of tossed out that's kind of just hanging out around your printer. And it literally <laughs> reminds me of like like a woodsman's workshop that you'd find in like any kind of Dungeons and Dragons story. Like I imagine I would just come upon a cottage, but instead of a woodmaker, it's great with his 3D printing and little plastic 3D figurines everywhere <laughs> in every direction. Yeah, if I didn't have roommates, I'm sure that that would expand uh mm-hmm. in an, in an at an unhealthy rate just over every surface two, two in the house other but, inc- uh, entire I, I live here with with other people and they they keep me in check with being clean but i definitely <laughs> i i print a lot of things and uh you know the 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 really fun thing that i enjoy about uh the specific technology of 3d printing that i have um it's called fdm 3d printing it's called fused deposition modeling um, how it works is it it heats up plastic and there's a nozzle and it's essentially like a really smart hot glue gun that just you know squeezes out slightly molten plastic and layer by layer builds an object from from nothing. the The fun part about that is there's a lot of physics and and variables involved like the temperature of the air and the temperature of the nozzle mm. and you know uh, the plastics you use all have different you know properties about them at, at what temperatures they melt but the, the point i'm trying to make is there's a lot of vari- variables and there's a lot of ways that things can go wrong so a lot of those are me testing different settings and stuff to try to make things look a certain way and having it not go my way but also not having the heart to just throw away a perfectly good thing i printed that's so awesome it sounds very like swordsmith in the forge uh very like you pouring molten lava into a <laughs> cast iron yeah. thing and hoping it turns <laughs> into a viable weapon 
I think of it the exact same way too. Like <laughs> yeah. I know using, it's me just... using dark matter from the pits <laughs> of hell to, to form an Isabel Doom guy. Yeah, I'm like I'm like feeding some plastic into a little machine that has a really like chirpy like click wheel and like an LCD screen and, and does all, most of the work for me. But what but I feel like I'm pouring liquid metal into a, a mold and, and forging a sword. Incredible. Awesome. Um, so yeah, we were going to be posting all three of these uh, figurines on our um, Instagram. So follow us at mm-hmm. Gay for Play Pod and follow Grant's socials as well. Yep. And if you're yeah wondering how uh, exactly are you going to get your hands on these, there are three of them. And uh, last I checked, we do have more than three listeners. Thankfully, we have more <laughs> than three listeners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, so the way that you can get involved uh, with uh, possibly be considered for three of these uh, cute little objects uh, is that we are going to have uh, a little sort of contest. Uh, what we want you to do, dear listener, is if you go to Gay for Play on iTunes, if you write us a review, and if you also go to Instagram and follow Grant's page at Grant's Tabletop Workshop, uh, shoot us a DM, do both of those things, and uh, going starting from when this episode goes up, which is going to be Christmas Eve, um, all the way until right when our Game of the Year episode goes up on New Year's Eve, uh, you have that week of time to write us a review, get a follow for Grant and his page, let us know, and we're going to pick three random listeners to receive these uh, beautiful gifts. Yeah, and child, listen, um, we're a small little production here. Um, we respect your privacy, too. Uh, we're going to go on an honor system in terms of the review. You don't have to, like, screenshot your review and be like, this is what we said about you. <laughs> like, you know, we want your review to be, like, unbiased and honest. And honestly, we accept that. Like, we want your, like, genuine feedback. If there's things about the podcast that you want us to improve, we want to hear that. But, yeah, these reviews just really help us out. So we figured it'd be a nice little... uh way to go about getting those <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so yeah just let us know after you've done those two things uh shoot us a dm yeah. and i should yeah, note like um, said, we'll even if on... you this is uh specifically writing reviews on itunes but even if you don't listen on itunes i particularly i use spotify over itunes you can still leave a review you can still go on to itunes and write a review even if itunes is not the primary place of listening for the show Hey, listeners, this is Lawrence from the future just chiming in with a quick note. Uh, we forgot to mention in the show that if you've already given us a review in the past, you can still enter. Again, just follow Grant's page and message us saying that you've done that and that you've reviewed the show in the past. Uh, and we'll enter you in to win one of these fabulous Christmas prizes. I uh, just wanted to make sure that you knew that uh, we're not counting you out. In fact, we love you for reviewing early. So, yeah, thanks so much. Back to the episode. We. Uh, Grant, is there anything you want to add about uh, about people about people finding you or what they can do to celebrate the holidays? I know this is going to go up on Christmas, so I would say commission you for holidays, but it will be probably a little too late by then. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't have to, to, to give me your money. You don't have to buy my stuff. Uh, you know, the, the, the night, the best thing you can do, and it's totally free, is just, you know, giving me a follow on my page just because I like interacting with the... Uh, you know, the Dungeons and Dragons community as a mm-hmm. whole. Uh, it's a really great community. So I just like being a part of that and engaging in that. Um, I also often do periodic, just random giveaways where I give away commissions throughout the year just because I really enjoy making things for people. Uh, you know, it's the, it's the season of giving. So, you know, if you're interested in getting something and, you know, you don't, you know, have a ton of money to spend, uh, you know, definitely follow my page because I, I, I often give things away. But, you know, I also like sharing my work. And if, if you do work, too, and you follow me, uh, send me a message and I'll, I'll look at your page, too, because I love supporting all the other artists and uh, hobbyists and, and, and makers out there that are doing very similar things that I'm doing. Thank you. Very well stated, Grant. Thank you. And I'll, I'll add on to that. Um, Lawrence and I, we're a very small operation. We're not making any money off of this show. Um, 
So if you leave us a review, that's fine. If you have friends that you know that are interested in gaming, that friends that you know are going to be, you know, home for the holidays and would like something to listen to, they're spending time with family or even spending time alone because this is a different holiday than ones that we've been used to in the past. If you're going to be alone on the holidays, you know, spread spread the good cheer, spread the holiday fun. Tell us, uh, tell us about or tell all your friends about us. Uh, put us on platforms, uh, write us reviews, link your friends, all kinds of stuff. What? I love it. I have nothing to add. I, love it. I have um, nothing to add I'm either. Going to... <laughs> I'm very grateful for all of our listeners. I'm very grateful. That's that's what I should say. More than anything. Thank you for listening, everybody. All right. We're going to take a quick little break. And when we come back, like I said, this isn't a regular episode, but there is a piece of video game news that must be It's too about, big. It's too big to ignore. Um, so yeah, hang tight and we'll be right back with more Gay for Play. Welcome back. All right, y'all. So, listen, like I said, we weren't going to talk about games this week, but um, <laughs> there is a game that must be talked it's about. It's not just gingerbread um, cookies and hot milk. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, okay, so every once in a while, a game comes around, and for better or for worse, in this case, arguably for the worse, <laughs> um, there is a discussion around it, and it breaks into a media cycle in a way that, uh, that you know, kind of grabs mm-hmm. national attention. I read a New York Times article about this game last night, which is like that's when you know that's that when shit you know shit hit the fan. Hit the fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you haven't guessed by now, we are going to be talking a little bit about Cyberpunk 2077, the new CD Projekt Red open world RPG, uh, which we've talked about a little bit on the show before. Um, well, we talked about now... we talked about the reasons why we didn't have it to play at the time, and now it's yeah, out. We didn't have the... fast forward. I Cyber... also said. First of all, I will say, Eric, you asked me, like, are you going to get this game? And I was like, no, I'm not going to buy this game right away. I'm going to, like, wait, blah, 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 blah. I should have done that. <laughs> but, um, well, you know, actually, no, it's fine. Um, I I bought it on PC, so I'm one of the few people who can play this yeah, game. Yeah, thankfully, thankfully you can still play it at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I got this game a couple days after it came out and saw what all the fuss was about. And first of all, I'll just say, Grant, have you played this game? I have not. I I have not played it. I have not as, mm-hmm. That's I have what not I'll say. as well. I uh I wasn't I wasn't somebody who was like incredibly excited for this game in terms of as a player, you know, it was really exciting to me as a person who's interested in video games and what yeah. it would bring to just the video game ecosystem, but I wasn't one of those people that was like waiting to play it on day 1. That was the same exact situation I was in. I was like, I'm not necessarily buying into the hype here. Um but once it came out and I saw, I guess once it came out and I recently built my PC, so I was like, you know what, I sh- I might as well dig into this game and like take yeah. advantage of. I, I listened of to my your uh, your uh, you you talking about building your PC. It sounds like you can yes. run Cyberpunk pretty well. It sounds like you got a yeah. pretty awesome rig. <laughs> thank, thank you, thank you. Um, so yeah, the game runs pretty well. It is still very buggy. Like, um, people just float in the air and the AI is like kind of a mess. Um, but I'm jumping ahead of myself. Um. So this game, where to begin? <laughs> yeah, where, where to, to begin? begin? Well, I mean, 
it's it's crazy that I, th- I feel like the reason we're sort of talking about this now rather than on our game of the year next week, you know, I don't think it's going to be, I'm not going to play it before we record. You're probably not going to have it on your game of the year list. But in a way, even though this is not anyone's game of the year, this kind of is like the game story of the year. It kind of has permeated yeah. the industry and the culture of gaming this year in such an intense way, even though we're only just now playing it because surprise, surprise, it got delayed so much and now it's out and it turns out this game still wasn't ready, it seems. Yeah. Okay, so a brief history of what happened. This game was, like, um, originally scheduled to come out, like, beginning of this year. Well, even before that, like... It was 2019. Was I was listening to an interview where they said originally this was, a, a, like, a mid-2019, fall 2019 release window. Yeah, and then they delayed it ad infinitum. They delayed it to spring of this year. Then in spring, they um, announced it was going to come out, like, in the summer sometime. And then, of course, COVID hit, and they had to, like... Uh, transition to working for home so they pushed it to fall and then the fall release date came around and they pushed, pushed it again, again to december so it just got pushed a million times finally came out on december 10th uh was released on pc playstation and xbox on both their like um last gen systems and their new ps5 and xbox series x and essentially what happened is um they cd project red gave review codes of the pc versions to a bunch of news outlets and they were like, okay, cool, kind of weird that they're not giving us access to the console versions of this game to review, but, like, whatever, we'll make our reviews anyway. They were also, like, super specific with what reviewers were allowed to show in um, in their video reviews. They were not allowed to use their own footage. They could only use CD Projekt Red's game footage. So, like, a lot of stuff was A lot of red flags, yeah. Yeah, lots of red flags that, like, people were already kind of like, mm, what's going on? To add another layer onto that, of we talked about like the like the Gamergate debacle of it all in our Gone Home episode of like how people, how shitty dudes on the internet like target and harass uh, female reviewers. Uh, that happened with this game because even though literally no one had played this game, uh, the Gamespot reviewer um, gave this game a seven out of ten, and she <laughs> got like harassed and harangued uh, by a bunch of fanboys. For a game that wasn't out yet. The game wasn't even out at this point. It's not even like yeah. Yeah, they could take... They, I mean, <laughs> what are they attacking this one for? No one's even touched it. She gave it a fair and honest review and her honest opinion. People who hadn't played the game looked at it and went, that's bullshit. Let's, you know, make this woman's life terrible. Right. You know, yeah. you're wrong. This game has changed my life. Even though I haven't played it yet, I've only seen the trailers. This game is the most important thing to me, and you're wrong. You know, it's like, that's exactly. just ridiculous. You can't even and say that. And that, like, game is the most important thing to me is, like, I think kind of the crux of it is, like, people... I think people tout CD Projekt Red as this company that is, like, very pro-gamer and, like, oh, yeah, they're one of us. They're, like, they're making a product that's for us and by us. And, like, the hype was so incredible around this game that, like, it seemed too... um uh, too massive to fail. Um, yeah, and then you add into that, uh, aside from it being this underdog studio that has a really awesome track record, you 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 layer into that the just incredible ambition of this game. Uh, you know, they they're they're not pulling any of their assets from the Witcher series. This is a completely new world. I mean, they 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 new pull lore. The world from I mean, other... it's not based on any. I mean, it it takes inspiration from tons, but the Witcher was based on a book series. Cyberpunk's its own unique world from the ground. Well, it's up. based. Based on the like cyberpunk tabletop game, but like right, still right. Oh, I didn't know it was like, based on a... bringing it back to tabletop RPG. Yeah, tabletop hello. Tabletop. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, it, that it when when I was talking to my friends about this before the game came out, the conversation that we would always have was: there's going to be one thing about this game that is not going to hit the mark. And mm-hmm. we all had like not really, but we all had like placed bets on what we thought it was going to be. I thought that 
I was like, this game is going to be a technical marvel. Everything's going to work perfectly. It's going to be, be beautiful. <laughs> it's going to be the most like it's going to have the these most incredible game emergent game mechanics. Been. But the writing is going to be the most terrible thing ever, and the story is going to be horrendous. That was my hypothesis: is that it was going to be amazing except for the story. And I guess I, I was. I was 180 degrees wrong. That it turns out the the story is 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 pretty great, but uh, technically the game still needs a little bit of work. Yeah. So, um, yeah. To pick up off of that, so people, you know, were so hyped for this game, were harassing anyone who said anything negative about it, and then the tides switched because the game came out and it was a mess. Surprise! Um, it plays pretty well. Like I said, it plays pretty well on PC. I've encountered like some weird bugs and glitches here and there, but for the most part, the game is a smooth and like really beautiful experience. Uh, and Grant, like you said, I think the story is really compelling. The first few hours were honestly. Pretty did you literally <laughs> tweeted that you fell asleep in the first few hours of this. I did. <laughs> I did. Not necessarily related to the game. I was just really tired, but I also was playing the game, and I was just like, this is not engaging me. Girl, I'm going to take a nap. Um, <laughs> Sometimes RPGs like, are like that. Yeah, I mean, just when it's like, oh, I'm walking to this, I'm walking very slowly into this bar and, like, hearing this guy talk about what he's up to. Um, yeah. But now that I've gotten more into the story, like, I do think it's compelling and has some interesting things to say. It is, I do have, like, issues with it, which um, I can talk about later, but more importantly, on the console versions of this game, specifically the PS4 and the older Xbox versions, uh, the Xbox One versions, this game is so bad that it is unplayable. So Uh, bad that it's not even up anymore. Yeah, just assets are not uh, loading into the game, it's crashing, it's just like, it was not a done game, and... And yeah, like Eric, like you just said, um, well, first what happened is CD Projekt Red announced like, hey, anyone who wants a refund um, can ask for a refund. This is our bad. Um, Sony was then like overwhelmed with people asking them for refunds because CD Projekt Red didn't warn them about this. And then Sony made the decision to give anyone a refund. But more importantly, they like took it off of their online store, uh, which is like a huge move that like rarely happens in games. So... And and also Sony is is somewhat known for their incredibly strict refund policy. I mean, I think they're yeah. like Nintendo, mm-hmm. where on a on a specific profile you get one refund the entire lifetime of that account, and once you use it, you can't get any refunds ever again for any pur- purchases, like regardless of the situation. Mm-hmm. So for them to be that company to go ahead and remove this game entirely from their storefront during a new console release of the, and this is like the most hyped game. And during the holiday season, yeah, yeah. during Christmas that's, season, that's, that's a big deal. Can you like, buy it? That's crazy. Can you buy it on PS5 or is it off that store too? I don't think it is because the PlayStation version uh, they haven't released a PS5 version of it. Okay. Um, yet. Um, so the PS5 version was basically running the PS4 version. Um, I believe that's the case. I believe it's not on the PS5 store either. Um, Nuts. If you have a yeah, if that's listener, you have a PlayStation Five, and I'm wrong let me know wow yeah i don't have a ps5 that's also what i've heard is that they were it was taken off the playstation store and it's going to get added back to the playstation 5 store in january when they release that patch Mm -hmm. that'll up it to the next gen version because then the game will be ready then it'll be ready in january it wasn't ready all the other times (laughs) who knows yeah and this like the other side of this coin is like um looking into like the um development history of this game um Again, CD Projekt Red was, like, touted as this company that is, like, very pro-gamer, pro, uh, 
you know, very ethical. It was like, uh, people believe it was like this really great place to work with. They had released a statement saying like, we're not going to like have our employees crunch on this game. Crunch is basically this term for when a video game, uh, developers are asked to like work insane hours at like towards the end of a project's completion. Basically not seeing your family, having no personal time. Like your life is 24-7. Yeah, literally seven, sleeping at your desk at work. Um, they went back on that promise and made their, um, developers crunch at the end of this, uh, cycle and it it it's so not sad. a sustainable business model yeah. and it's just really sad that like um you know they made all that happen and it still didn't turn out to be a complete product um which you know just goes to show that like you know this idea of cd project red being like a very pro gamer company and for the people Girl, corporations are not your friends. No, <laughs> like right. They and, and, push this... and there's a distinction between being pro gamer and pro game developer. Exactly. And you can be one of those, but be putting your employees in a terrible work environment and not being ethical in that and that 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 thing. Yeah. And I think it kind of goes to show that video game developers need to be unionized, like any other sort of medium, like they have in the film mm-hmm. industry or the TV or the theater industry. Games need to have their own union industry because. What we've seen so much, not just this year, but for the last couple of years, is these big AAA studios pushing their employees basically to the edge, and they have no leverage. They have no they have no way to say, "Hey, I don't think this is ethical," because they have no protections from unions like you do in other uh, entertainment specific industries. Yeah, right. And even worse, like you, what what that leads to is like these developers get burnt out, and they like a lot of them end up leaving the industry. And so like, and how much you know, talent are you losing so much? Then? Yeah. Yeah. So much artistry and talent and, you know, people are sacrificing these livelihoods for, you know, products that end up being a mess. Um, so it's sad. And I hope that, I, I don't Merry know. Merry Christmas, I, I, everybody. I hope you love that <laughs> rousing discussion. <laughs> um, no, uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I don't the know. other point I was going to make is that it's, it's also interesting to look at this game and CD project red and cyberpunk in contrast with other games that came out this year, like Hades and like Animal Crossing New Horizons, that Animal Crossing specifically, it was pushed back, but Nintendo out, out front said, like, we're pushing this back because we need to give our developers more time to work on this game and really perfect it and not push it in a stage when it's not ready. And look how good the game was because of that, because yeah. they took that step. Or you have a game like Hades, which has been yeah. in early access since 2018, that only just now in 2020 is getting a full release. But you have those two years of development and audience response, and you're able to go back and work on the game in a state when people can still play it. And, you know, if I, I literally think if you if they could have found a way to release Cyberpunk in a in a beta state or something, or just say, hey, this game right. is going to be in early access said it's for early a while, access, and we're going to yeah. keep working on it, and eventually it will be done. But when you're trying to finish a thing, having no eyes on it for years and years and years, it just kind of it goes to show a game can never really be done in that way if you're not going to have, you know, people coming and looking at it before it's ready. Yeah, Nintendo's got that that famous quote that's like, a delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game is forever bad. Exactly, yeah. and in the same same with I think Fallout seventy six a couple years ago, Bethesda kind of ruined their reputation a little bit with that game release, yeah. and I feel like CD Projekt is kind of doing the same things to themselves right now. Uh, right? Yeah. No, it'll either go one of two ways. It'll go the Fallout seventy six way, which I, I'm not actually super. Up to date on the state of that game right now, or it'll go the No Man's Sky approach, where you know game releases in an incredibly disappointing state. You either work really hard over the next couple of years to fix it, or you 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 don't, and you you lose a lot of uh, street cred. Yeah, 
And I'm Anyways. sure, and I'm sure Cyberpunk 2077 is a lovely game, and I'm sure I will play oh, it yeah. someday. Um, but mm. I'm gonna give it some time. <laughs> it looks like right. yeah, it's interesting. And like originally, I wanted to have this discussion like on our at the beginning of our Game of the Year episode. Ooh, aren't but, you like, glad we did? I told now? Eric. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I told Eric when we started recording this episode, I was like, I want to talk about it now, because, like, I don't want it to, like, I don't know, shine, take light away from, like, the very, very good games that came out this year. Um, Yeah, and, like, it's not on my end of the year list, A, because it just came out, B, all of the above that we just made. Yeah, Yeah, and C, I can't in good faith put an unfinished game that a lot of people can't play right now, like, on my end of the year list. I'm sure that, you know, once I sink more time into it, I'll, like, form... A deeper opinion uh, like i said like some of the things within the game i don't know the whole dystop- dystopian future seems like a little edgelordy <laughs> at times yeah. um also, also i hate like, to say it not way- really the kind of world i want to be in in a game right now yeah like- it's also very like w- like the way it treats police in that game it's like very not not the not the world that i want to be in right now not it's the like- moment yeah, um, and specifically, I mean, we are a podcast about, like, queer representation in games. It should be noted that, like, there are a lot of, like, queer characters and queer moments. Uh, you can, like, there's an insane amount of, like, character customization in this game. You can, like, customize your genitals. You can be um, uncircumcised, apparently. That's an option. Yeah. Okay, well, one thing off the bat, it gives you six, I, I will say six different penis options, and then the option of vagina. <laughs> Like, not the most, like, um, you know, robust thing and, uh, in the world. I, I, Wait, I feel um, like six to one? Yeah. Um, so, six yeah, essentially you can make... You can't modify so you have, your labia. Um, That's an embarrassment. <laughs> no, little, so you can have a vagina or you can have a penis, small, medium, or large, circumcised or uncircumcised. So that leads to, like, six distinct penises that your character can have. Which you never see in the game because the entire game is played in right. first person. Except for when your character clips through and, and their penis clips through their clothing. Anyway, okay, wait, okay. Same, like, I know this is going along, but I, I really do need to ask. So, like, <laughs> is there literally like a modeled like penis genitals like in your pants while you're playing? Yes, it's literally there. Yeah, literally I think so. modeled a penis. No, that's... well, not while you're playing, because when you're playing, it's playing in first person, and like your character isn't modeled; just your hands are. Uh-huh. Um, so again, it's this really weird thing of like you have this insane amount of like character creation, and then you don't even um, see. <laughs> Except for like when you look in a mirror occasionally, or like press the pause menu and change your clothes. Yeah, and I, I feel um, like I don't need to ask you, Lawrence, but you you chose the female option, right? You're playing as no, I I I I didn't, but I wish I had, um, just because I've heard the like female voice acting is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I went with the male V. Um, v is the name of the character in the game. Um, what I was gonna say is that um, with these genital options, you can also like mix and have your character present as female but still have a penis, nice. or present as male but have the vagina option. So you can like make your character canonically trans. Uh, your character is also like canonically bisexual because uh, there's like different porn in their room. But like from what I've seen, I haven't dig- dug too much into the story, but there is like some weird like kind of not super well-handled uh, trans storylines that play out in the game. And I can't speak too much onto them right now because I haven't gotten that far. But, like, from what I've heard, it just doesn't really stick the landing in terms of um, queer representation. And it doesn't really stick the landing on a lot of other things. Unlike, the, unlike the other best cyberpunk game of 2020, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, bury that. Um, but, yeah, the shooting's really fun and it's really nice to play and it looks really pretty. <laughs> Well, that's our that's our our mini mini discussion of a <laughs> cyberpunk debacle. Yeah, 
I I I hope I I only wish the best for this game. You know, it doesn't. It, yeah, I, I I'm not in the camp where I'm really happy that this game is is getting the publicity that it it is. I mm-hmm. I hope that in the next year or two, the the people that have worked really hard on it have the opportunity to sort of uh, finish what they started and present the game as the way they intended, and it ends up ends up being ultimately a success and a, a great triumph as it was prescribed to be. Um, but definitely a, a huge bummer that it's going the way it is right now. I don't think we're trying to sound like uh, down with Cyberpunk and CD Projekt. Oh, yeah. That's no, not you're, the you're not yeah. No, I do. I do. Yeah, no. I still care about the art and the heart and the time it went into this. And I know that right. it's, not, it's not those people's fault that the game was released in this way. So Yeah. The oh, people yeah. I'm shitting on are the CEOs who like wanted to like um, release this game this year to like meet right. shareholder deadlines and stuff like that. And are now, you know, reaping the fruit of their shitty actions and the way they treated their workers who have like... You know, like you said, poured their heart into like a very, a very very pretty game, and so I hope the game succeeds. But yeah. it was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but we love the drama, and we just couldn't resist. We love mess. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No. Say it's all. Every morning, it's like I, I get up. Like I read the article or the the headline today about how mm-hmm. uh, the save files are capped at eight megabytes. So if yeah. you want to do all the side quests, your game might get deleted. And they recommend what? just not doing all the side quests in the game. And they what? hope to fix it in the future, but it's they have obviously other problems to worry about, so they'll do that eventually. But uh, that's yeah. so funny. Uh, yeah, funny that a game day. about like corporate. I I think it's about corporate exploitation. I I I have not played it or read very very little about it, but it sounds like a, a game about something like that uh, is kind of victim to the the thing it sought to destroy. Yeah, is, is, it, is this an anti-capitalist yeah. game? Is it is it funny in retrospect looking at it now? Is the game pretty down with the man? Is this the game developers like hate letter to the the like the 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 board members of CD Projekt Red? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> is Again, this game the, a diss track? Of... Yeah, <laughs> from the CD Projekt Red to so the strange. owners. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Every day we wake up to new news about this game, but like Maria Kondo, we love mess. Um, anyways, yeah. uh, thank you guys so much for um. Uh, this lovely conversation about this uh, very, very contentious game. We had to talk about it. Thank you for listening um, to our half Christmas holiday extravaganza, half cyberpunk mess drama, um, girl gab. It was really fun. Yeah, thank thank you too it. for having me on. I really, I'm really, you know, humbled and flattered that you 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 thought of me, Eric. Mm, uh, and it was really nice meeting you, Lawrence. Yeah, and then also likewise. thanks for having me around for the the second part, talking about. I mean, I love promoting my my own work, but. Uh, I've I've had this itch to talk about cyberpunk all day, and my roommates have been asleep, so I, I finally got to do that. So that was that was uh, that was good yeah, fun. So and, good and, and possibly tens of people will get to hear this conversation. Possibly, <laughs> I hope they enjoy it. I hope they enjoy it and agree or disagree and and have thoughts. Well, it was lovely having you. We would love to have you back sometime. Proper episode, maybe. Um, I'd love to. Hey, if you ever do an episode about Destiny, I have almost fifteen hundred hours in that game. Wow. Oh, work. And uh, that game's got a lot of really cool. A uh, lot of really cool content. Is it or is not. it gay? Is it gay for play? Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of of queer content oh, in it, and it and it it's it it covers a lot of bases, and it's not like weird in a really forced way. It's it's kind of natural in that it all just exists in the world, and it's there for you if you want it, and and not if you don't. Um, but yeah, it's got it's got some stuff to talk about. Awesome. It's also a very Dude. controversial game. <laughs> well, we will talk. We will True. talk more about that then. Um, we're gonna uh, sign off here. Uh, thank you so much, Grant. Um, find uh, your workshop page at Grant's Tabletop Workshop. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Do both of those things and let us know, and you might get to win a little Isabel or Among Us guy. Uh, we will definitely post more details about this on our pages. 
Um, Lawrence, do you have uh, anything else you want to say before we this uh, holiday celebration comes to a close? Ooh, yes. Um, I'm on a couple podcasts this week. Um, sure. I am on uh, our uh, mutual friend, Aurelia Grierson's That Do It For You mm-hmm. podcast. Um, Lovingly I referred to as the sister, the older sister podcast. The older sister of our podcast. Yes. Yeah. Um, I talk about Legend of Zelda and how my childhood crush was and still is Link from The Legend of Zelda. Yes, that is a case. That is a That Do It For You, Link the Twink with Lawrence Turner Cordova <laughs> out now on iTunes yes. and Spotify. Um, also, this Saturday when you listen, I am going to be in um, Juvenalia's uh, stage reading of A Christmas Prince, A Drunk Christmas Prince. It's going to be a drinking game where we read the uh, screenplay to A Christmas Prince and uh, get drunk throughout it. So that's going to be really dope. Uh, that is the on that. the 26th? It's on the 26th, yes. Cool. And um, uh, we have tickets to uh, links to tickets on our link tree. If you click on our link tree on our Instagram or Twitter, we have tickets, a uh, link for tickets on there. Yeah, all the proceeds are going to um, uh, SO Equity, which is a grassroots organization that's helping to promote racial justice and equity in Southern Oregon. Yay! So it's all for a really good cause. Check that out. Um, last thing is I'm on a, um, I'm on my friend Jacob's podcast, One Million Musicals. They write and develop new musicals every month. It's a really good show, everybody. I, it's really cute. It's really well produced. Like, it's, it's, it's so fun. Uh, my friends do really, really great work on that. Um, and they had me on as a, um, as part of their Christmas cast. So go check it out. Um, yeah, it's going to be really great. Thank you. Um, come visit me in Animal Crossing. I don't have anything to plug right now, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um and yeah stay tuned for our game of the week episode next game week. of the year uh, episode be, oh yeah game of the year episode it's gonna be a gag mm-hmm. we're gonna be talking about lots of games and we're definitely not recording it immediately after this <laughs> <laughs> oh work okay let's get on out of here grant thank you again so much for being here and mm-hmm. yeah merry christmas everybody happy holidays happy hanukkah happy everything else that happens in this hellish month um uh, we're almost done with this year. Are you excited? Are you excited for everything to suddenly be fixed? Um, strike of midnight, January 1st. Oh my god. I saw an incredible meme that was like, it was like January 31st, or no, December 31st, uh, 2020, uh, 11.59pm, and then the clock strikes midnight and it says, uh, January 1st, 2020, new game plus. Oh shit! <laughs> and then the moon suddenly has a face on it, and it's careening towards yep, the planet. Yeah, and it's crashing down to Earth. Yep. Let's go. Anyway, <laughs> manifesting Fork. Majora's Mask for 2020, part two. <laughs> Okay, anyway, let's get out of here. Have a great have a great everything, everybody. Happy holidays from us to you. Alright. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Gay for Play. Our theme music is by Connor Marsh, and our show art is by Nick Adams. Please remember to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Share the show with a friend if you like it. And until next time, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night city. Um, the joke there was that uh, Night City is like the name of the city that you play in in Cyberpunk 2077, the video game. Um, so it's like Merry Christmas to all and to all a good Night City. It's kind of like a a fun um, topical Christmas pun to say. That's kind of what that was intended to be. So uh, yeah, that was that. Merry Christmas and a happy holiday. Remember NSYNC doing that one? That was kind of iconic. That was kind of iconic.